Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Shoot. Um, anyway, holding company, um, anybody confused about how he described the holding company? Anybody any questions? Okay, um, uh, Matthew, can you explain the holding company? From my understanding, it's a it's a form of trust. That's what I thought it was. Well, I mean, you could use a trust as a holding company, but it's not. You know, it's not necessarily. It's not a holding company. It's not a trust, but it can be used as one in the same capacity. You can use a trust as one. Um, yeah, you can use a trust as one. By the way, that property was sold. That's why we didn't hear anything back that property was sold. So, um, anyhow. All right. Now here's the trick. Really, there's going to be some situations where you're doing commerce that you might run into that will not allow you to use a trust. It's not that, well, no, let me say, it's not best to use a trust. It, it might be too many obstacles. Or it, maybe you can't use it. It could be, That could be a case. But either way, I want to explain this. We've heard about LLCs, limited liability companies, not corporations, companies. But there's a couple of tricks to this that is kind of like loopholes that I'm going to explain. You can start a company and you don't have to get an EIN number. Just like you can start a trust and you don't have to get an EIN number. You have to remember that the purpose of an EIN number is that it's an inventory number, no different than a social security number. For all of those that are doing business in the IMF, International Monetary Fund, so because there's so many people, uh, how most of the people on the earth deal in the IMF, usually it behooves you to enter into it and do business, but you don't have to. You have to get this from a mental, fundamental perspective. 
You do not have to. That is your choice. It's not. I'm not saying it's bad if you do it, but I'm just making it clear it is your choice. Now, holding companies do not, a real holding company, let me make this clear, a real holding company. It's just a company on paper. It does not make any money. It doesn't earn any money. It doesn't spend any money. It just holds property. And that's that's key because if you if you're thinking about how a brother described it, you're gonna hold real estate or whatever businesses in that company, right? The key is it itself is not going to earn or pay out. Therefore, there's no need to get an EIN number. Now, here's the key. In New Mexico, you can start an LLC as a holding company. No EIN required. No, they, there's not even the disclosure of who opened up the holding company. And it's a, a means of of privacy. Attorney, uh, sir. Quick question just for clarification. So is it correct to think of a holding company as just an entity that maintains the legal title over property as opposed to equitable title and would it be considered as a means of asset protection yes and yes exactly it's more well let me say asset protection maybe not asset protection but more of a privacy is more of privacy protection that's a better way to describe it so forgive me for that but it's more of a privacy. So it's going to legally hold title. Does it have does it have equitable title? Well, in a sense it may because I mean if the property that is holding has equity in it or it has a particular uh value in commerce and that entity holds the title to it then I mean, in a sense, it does have equitable title. So it wouldn't really protect you. That itself wouldn't protect you. So in that kind of situation, how do you protect the asset? You protect the asset by lien, by a consensual lien. So you um, place a consensual lien on the property before entering, before it enters into the, um, the holding company. So that's a better way to explain it. Now, some people say do your do your uh, thing in in Delaware, do it in Las Vegas. I mean, you can do those too. But I'm talking about one of the the secrets that attorneys know 
is I learned it from an attorney, by the way, um, <laughs> New Mexico. So what you're doing is, let's say you have a situation where the holding company, it can hold businesses, it can hold property, but it itself doesn't do anything. Now, the individual persons or flesh and blood living souls that are doing commerce in the International Monetary Fund, you would be responsible for taxation or being a non-tax obligee conscientious objector that does not pay taxes, income taxes, let me make that clear, and you are tax-exempt or tax-free. So how it works, the holding company, because it has no income and it pays nothing out, doesn't even have to report taxes. It doesn't even have to fill out a tax form. The property that's in it, if it's being financed by an authorized user, such as yourself, who is an authorized uh, employee or agent of that holding company, would be responsible for taxation in relationship to financing that property if there's financing involved, such as an automobile or a house. Now, excuse me one moment. Is the air on? Okay. Now, so imagine this. The holding company is not taxable. The property, if financed, is taxable. If you purchase, well, the individual living souls or persons that use the property, like say if it was an automobile and the automobile has a financing on it, the person would be responsible, the person or the living soul would be responsible for paying taxes on a sales transaction that takes place of acquiring that automobile. But if the person is tax-exempt or tax-free, then there's no taxation on that property. Hopefully that makes sense. Brother Kedrick, did that make sense? Salam, I guess it did. All right. All right. Now, you got to be thinking this way because what I would like to see us move into um, going forward is to actually be able to put your property in your trust or your holding company. Your your umbrella trust might hold, excuse me, your umbrella trust might have 
uh, let's say another trust under it, which is your public trust. Let's call it a living trust. Living trust might have holding company underneath it. Holding company might hold automobiles and real estate. Now, if the holding company, which is the bottom tier here, you don't know who it is, the the owner or the holding company is, let's say in this situation, a living trust, the public, because it's in New Mexico and they have certain laws there, won't see such and such living trust. And even, even if they did see it, it's going to be held by a public trust. Let's say the public trust is held by, um, I said before, umbrella trust, but let's say it's held by a pass-through trust, and then the pass-through trust is held by the consortium slash umbrella trust. I'm bringing this up because Over the last two breaks, I was able to start some businesses for the nation. Well, this last break, I kind of like really did take a break, but <laughs> I did a little bit, but I actually did take a break. But, um, and how this would work is we want to empower individuals to be able to have businesses that generate passive revenue just by holding, let me just say it, this is not exactly what I mean, but holding a share in the company. So what I'm saying is tribes, we have FOM home buyers, for example. The idea is that our businesses are nationalized, meaning everything we do is natu- nationalized, meaning that all of those who are in proper standing with the nation has a share, for lack of a better way to explain it. It's like having stock in it. So you get the right to conduct this business where you are. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do this tomorrow or next week or next month, Um, and this is maybe some months and months, maybe a year away, I don't know, depending on our development. But I'm saying... I'm putting this in the in our minds because from this point on, I'm making a major change. Moving to the university, we're finally going to really move to the university, and we got there's a, a phone system built in there, so that we don't have to worry about these free conference calls anymore. And the goal is 
next semester beginning around, I think it's January 18th or 19th or whatever of next year, something like that, that's when we'll start using that fully. That's the goal. Now, Rabbi Ford, Josiah Ford, one of my heroes, who was the chief musician and, for lack of a better way to describe it, the government um, constructor for Marcus Garvey. One of the things he did is they had a temporary service. Josiah Ford had a Hebrew uh, temporary service back then. That inspired me ever since I learned about this man. But he's the one that actually orchestrated the government um, structure for the UNIA. He's the one that told Marcus Garvey we were the chosen people. Anyhow, he was the organizer. He was an excellent organizer. But anyhow, the idea is that if you have a stake in a business that's owned by the nation, you don't have to run it. We put employees in to run it. And, and I'm not saying that they have to be Negroes. They can be Negroes. They don't have to be nation members. We don't necessarily want them to be nation members unless they're coming into the nation on an entry-level um, thing or something. But that's the idea. So preparing for our future I wanted to deliver that so that we can be thinking. Um, if you haven't orchestrated your, your trust and it started operating through it as of yet, you still have that to accomplish. Anybody got any questions about this thus far? Okay. Can they, Can everybody hear me? All right, so that's another form of handling your business correctly. And um, I'm stating this because things are picking up. We got um, more and more leads coming in. And although we lost a deal or two, we lost two deals, basically, doesn't matter. The people backed out, but doesn't matter because they're starting to come more and more frequently. So we're in a good place now, and we need people that are that are going to be ready. Now, here's the change um, for the rest of this sem this semester. Because you know, this is going to be a shortened semester, we're going to be doing a review of what we've been 
going over for the last uh, three years, actually, with the original third degree. And hopefully you'll see how all of this, hopefully you'll see and hear our development. You can see it for yourself how we all were growing together. And even with me, I don't stop growing just because I'm in this position um, as administrator. It's like, man, this thing will make you grow forever. You grow from the crack to the crack. You never And it gets deeper and deeper. Your comprehension gets better and better. And the most important thing is getting that wickedness out of our hearts, you know, getting it out of our hearts. Um, Brother Robert, so how are you doing these days? Everything working out for you? Uh, yes, sir. Everything's coming uh, coming along, day-by-day process and everything. That's good. That's good. Um, one of the other things that we need to discuss today, I'm not going to be very long. I'm going to try to just keep us for another 15 or 20 minutes. All the stuff that we've been learning, when you come in at ground level, and I and I can tell you this, particularly from my perspective, I think the same way I did six years ago and eight years ago and ten years ago when I first really started down this path myself. When I was first learning of this stuff, I was first learning about this so-called sovereignty stuff and all that, it was like 1994 when I really first got exposed to it. And I was really, um, I really liked this guy, Johnny Liberty, which he's no longer known as Johnny Liberty. He's a German, he's German, German Jewish um so he went he changed his name back to his regular name, but back then when i was I was like twenty four years old, Johnny Liberty was the man so arriving here as we are, I could see clearly where after two thousand and six literally after I put out the missing link, the matrix unplugged, Negroes started to jump onto this so-called sovereignty bandwagon and Moorish nationality and Hebrew Israelite this and that because the whole thing from 2006 was about where the, where the Moors and where the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, I knew that most of the people at that time, because remember, the nation didn't officially start until November 11th. Well, I didn't come out to the public until November 11th, 2010. That's when I started podcasting, November 11th, 2010. 
So I saw the condition and the mentality of the people. Everybody was on this sovereign kick, this nationality kick. Everybody was on, you know, all of this different stuff. And I knew I couldn't talk to them back then with that mentality and saying some of the stuff that we can talk here today in this degree about couldn't do it. So they they were hell-bent, and even the lower degrees in the nation, we still can't do, you know, it's a gradual transition. Hell-bent on the white man is the devil, the government is corrupt, and everything they do is wicked and evil. <laughs> and these conspiracies. Now, if you approach life like that, you're not going to be able to see the truth. <laughs> you're going to be blocked. No. But you speak to the people in their condition, where they are at, and help to raise their degree of awareness. That is the resurrection of a dead, a civilly dead people. So you don't want it to be deceptive, but you got to be able to relate to them. I'm saying that to talk about marriage licenses, driver's licenses, and insurance, whereas uh, last semester we ended on uh, currency and that kind of thing. Okay, well, look. Everything is like a flip of a coin in this society, particularly. So whereas one side, you see the wickedness in it, but the other side, there's a divinity in it. So let's look at this. A marriage license in and of itself is not wicked. Is it used for wicked means by wicked people? Yes. But the real truth behind it is the real wickedness is in the ignorance of the people. A marriage license is a public notice. A driver's license is a public notice. Insurance is a public notice, and believe this or not, it's really the state officials and federal government officials acting in a trustee and or fiduciary capacity. That's what insurance really is. On behalf of an ignorant people who are now persons, that don't know government law and commerce. And it's a public notice. And, and we're supposed to go through these things 
including bond servitude, slavery, taxpayer status, for the purpose of growing out of the need for them. You grow from a marriage license to a divine union. You grow from um, a driver's license to having international travelers documents, international travelers permit from your own people. You grow from a license really to a sanction by your own people. You go from insurance to financial responsibility. But you cannot do it with a woman in the condition that our women are in until you can get that woman on the same page with you. If you're not, if you don't have a woman, that's different because then you can grow to where you need to be, bring her into it, and then educate her, which is fine also, but you have to also understand her nature and her conditioning in the society, make it so she's not going to grow overnight, and you got to be patient with her. You got to really be patient with her because she's really attached to public thinking, you know, the public state of mind. She's really attached to that. So you got to be careful and be patient. But what I'm saying is when you know not just head knowledge, you know how to go out and orchestrate a consortium, then the two that are in the the two or or more that are in the consortium are consorts, lawfully and legally. The consortium can be your umbrella trust is going to hold a public trust. Let's say your public trust is a living trust. And let's use me for an example. Um, My uh, title would be Priest Jedediah Judah Elohim. I could have the Elohim Living Trust. Okay? That's in the public. I could have underneath that a holding company or whatever. That's the way that you're supposed to approach life as an individual man in particular. So when you do that, no matter what, understand, take advantage of every uh, government program or anything they have out there until you can get to this point where you can do these things. Here's the other crazy thing. The stuff is out there for you to take advantage of. Oh, I don't want to go on welfare. Well, damn it, how are you going to eat? You're broke. You better get, and, it, and the crazy thing is, you go to work, you punch a clock, and whether we notice or not, food stamps, EBT or whatever, is the money that you earned. That's why there's a cutoff point. Like, you can't be on food stamps forever. Like, your, your entire life. You'll deplete your trust account. 
they actually debit it from your trust account that you earn by going to work. They take that money, put it into your Social Security account, which is the trust account, and you're supposed to have Social Security money waiting on you once you retire. Okay, well, they start taking stuff out of your account and giving it to you while you're on welfare, so it's yours. And, and it's supposed to be a temporary thing. Take advantage of it. You deserve it. It's yours. You earned it. But you there is a stepping stone to get yourself to where you need to be. We're producing a people in this nation unlike any any that have ever been seen before in America. Any Negroes, at least. That's somebody that's competent in government, law, and commerce, not bogged down by idolatry and fantasy, breaking that shell, and not having to rely on selling idolatry in order to get ahead. Because that's all these niggas have done. Excuse me, but that's all they've done. It's like you have to sell Negroes idolatry and if you sell idolatry you're going to get paid you're going to be rich overnight definitely um, um shalom uh, uh please I want to uh, get ready to go I wanted to say two things um the first thing I'm going to say is there's a guy he's coming out with a movie in 2017 about uh the Hebrew Israelites um I I can't remember the guy's name. I posted it in WhatsApp a couple of days ago. Um, he's supposed to be, uh, I guess you could say, deposing the Hebrew Israelite community. I think um, he has pretty much all of the known factions uh, that are out there. Um, I just wanted you to uh, look into that. And then the second thing, um. I was going to ask you for the statement because I'm going to uh, try to make this meeting. Oh, Jesus. Or do you want to do it after uh, the call? I have to because I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll uh, get uh, back at you probably around like maybe 10-ish. Hopefully that's not too late. And then um, it'll be a quick something and I'll uh, see you then brother and thank you for tonight yes sir yes, sure. um, what, what I'm trying to uh, get us to comprehend is that bond servants in their mental condition need these things and for you to have vitriol against these things that are organized, disciplined, and in government shows your lack of comprehension and shows that you really don't get what's going on and why. If you didn't, if you didn't have Federal Reserve notes, what would you do? The reason why there are Federal Reserve notes is because 
the gold and silver was depleted in America. They went bankrupt. So in order for America to continue to eat, the international bankers allowed them to print up fiat script. Therefore, they can circulate, but no, they can continue to do work, but just know that they're doing it from a debtor's position. So they can still eat and have housing and all that, but they're still debtors and they still owe the international bankers. What would they do if that wasn't in place? It would be total anarchy. Total anarchy. So these things needed to be there. Slavery slash bond servitude needed to take place, particularly on such a lost, mentally ill people such as ours. Just, just out to damn lunch. Just out to lunch. Like, I don't see any difference in religions than I do in Trekkies that follow Star Trek. You know, <laughs> what's the difference? They had the same mentality. Law, statutes, commandments, the most high, spirituality, absent idolatry. That's the real truth of what's been going on for centuries and what all the prophets were trying to say. And that's why only certain people are in this state of mind that can even hear this. So I'm saying to you, even uh, I think it might have been, it was last year, actually. We talked about mortgages, moving from mortgages to homesteads, and how you can't really be under the state of mind to really see what this is for, why it's set up that way. If no, if no one sits and asks the question about Hmm, what's the alternative to losing your house in foreclosure? How can I prevent that from ever happening? Oh, here we go. Establish a homestead. Absent of that information, and you don't ever think to investigate, I can see why you would develop some anger and hatred. But your anger and hatred is to reflect, to ask deeper questions, and to look at life in, from a deeper perspective. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. Prison is the same. Bond servitude is a prison condition and status designed to get you to reflect, to hate your condition enough to say, I got to change, I got to get out of this, I got to start investigating and find something else to remedy your life and your life circumstances. Brother Robert, what's on your mind? Just listening to you, brother, just just soaking it in, brother. Just uh soaking it all in, man. Ta da for that out. Yes, sir, yes sir, praise the Lord. Um, brother Bernard, what's on your mind? 
on the record, Dr. Bernard Travel Judah, apologize for the noise. You know, just listening to everything, it, it make you want to, it really, it, you know, when you take a look in the mirror, it makes you want to apologize to the Most High, to the Messiah, for um, mishandling your role as being a bond servant to the Most High. You know, that's why I'm so appreciative of the class and everything that you're teaching and how we're supposed to get out here and conduct ourselves the correct way and how to contract the correct way. And until you do that the right way, you're going to always be a bond servant. But you said something earlier that just kind of posed the question. A lot of people don't know how to ask the correct questions to to dig and get the right information. And that's why Hosea 4 and 6, lack of knowledge. So you'll, you'll stand in circles until you coming to the information like what tribe offers. So just appreciative of what we're learning and, you know, what you're teaching us now is I'm I'm kicking you out of the nest. It's time to flap your wings. It's time for every everyone in the nation to show and improve. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just speak for myself. I've got 90 days, have a trust, find a property, do a transaction, you know. If I don't do that, then I'm underachieving. So I'm just preaching what I'm learning. I yield. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, that just strikes struck something in my mind. When I look out and I see people calling themselves Hebrews or whatever religion. I'm like, do you all realize that you're claiming scriptures and the people that you're claiming to follow didn't even teach the things that you're teaching? Neither do they teach it in the way that you're teaching it? And what I mean is, seriously, seriously, The people of the scriptures, they wrote down certain things, right? You, do you actually think that they wrote every second and minute of their life? See, people believe this stuff. I didn't write down what I did three hours ago. We didn't record what I did or what you did three hours ago. We come to class and we record. And these are the records that will be left behind. Right? Okay, it's the same thing with the people of the scriptures. They were doing things. They had to use the restroom. They had to bathe. They had to eat. They had intimate time. They did. They had entertainment time. They did all types of things that are not written in scripture. Verbatim or word for word minute by minute, second by second. So my point is the people of the scriptures were not sitting down, reading the scriptures, and teaching from it. That's not what they did. The only part of the scriptures that they read from and taught were the laws, statutes, and commandments. That is it. What the hell else were they talking about then? They were talking about government, law, commerce. 
how to conduct yourself as a man and a woman. They were discussing these things and teaching these things, all types of things, science, history. The scriptures are just records of the historical travels that we experienced. There's not every thought that was in their mind. There's not everything they did. A religious individual cannot see that. They can't see it. They can't break it. So what happens is they take the book, they create a religion out of it because they know if they do that, it's either going to make them rich or they're going to get people that are going to follow and worship them. They know it. Somewhere you will be challenged in your life by your own ego. And you will have to decide whether you want to be worshipped as a deity, as a god, or whether you want to be a servant of the Most High. You're going to be challenged with it. The more you increase your information base, the more your life grows and you get more success, you're going to be challenged with it. What choice will you make? Will you remember your brothers and sisters? Will you remember Brother Priest telling you, hey, brother, you're going to be faced with it. I hope you make the right choice. Don't choose to be worshipped. You should never choose to be worshipped. Respected, appreciated, acknowledged. Worshipped is a whole different thing. There will be people that will worship you. People worship Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. People worship Prince, Eminem. Fine. But don't you make yourself into some type of deity. Because that's not what this is about. And my point is, you got people all over the country claiming religion. Uh, I'm going to deal with the Hebrews. They have invented, the Hebrew Israelites, have straight out invented an idolatrous religion called Hebrew Israelite. <laughs> straight out. What does that do to the human psyche? What it does is when you can't be worshipped or you run into an individual that will not worship you and you help to educate them and enlighten them, then there's going to naturally be enmity. There's going to be a split. So then you'll argue over mundane things and small things. Oh, this is how you pronounce Yahweh, Yahweh, or Yahweh, or whatever the hell else they argue about. Oh, because he doesn't pronounce it like us. He's the devil. He's the enemy. I don't think any of you have heard me villainize anybody that's left this nation. I've only told the truth on them and left it alone. You don't hear me out here bashing people 
But guess what happens to this to these people? They split off from a camp and they go their way and they start speaking against the other camp. That's Babel, that's in the scriptures, and that's idolatry. And the reason why you can't have unity amongst niggas is because they're idolaters. And they're not they're gonna invent a new God every damn time. <laughs> Just like in Second Kings chapter seventeen. Same thing. They kept inventing new gods. And they kept splitting off from another group, inventing another new god and <laughs> new religion. It just kept keeps going on and on and on and on and on. So when the Mashiach shows up and he's trying to stop this, he's trying to tell him, man, look, cut this garbage out. Stop. That's not the way. Then they plot to kill him. His own people. So they kill him because he told them the truth and he couldn't handle it. So that's what's unique about us. That's why we're required to be men, not little pushovers, pacifists. We we need to be men of sound, reasoning minds. Men and women, but there's only brothers on the line. That's why I'm addressing us here. That's what we need. You know, we need that. Don't look for the conspiracy. Look for the facts. <laughs> look for the facts. That alone will, will help us. Aglin, what's on your mind? Are you there, sir? Shalom, uh, Brother Priest. Is this, did, did you say Aglin? I did. Okay. Yeah, pulling a record. This is Aglin. Um, it was something you said earlier, and uh, it, it it brought my remembrance back to a statement that I made. I was actually um, trying to counsel my sister, and you know I pretty much told her the same thing um, that you were saying, as far in a, in a manner of speaking, the same thing that you said, as far as you know, basically, you know, you're dealing with a with a war mentality, so. You know, the public has or or the individuals that know how to uh, manage their affairs and then managing yours as well, they have all of these um, centers of influence in the public to conduct your business because you don't know how to do it. And, you know, I told her, you know, she had me going back and forth with, um, she had me going back and forth with another individual and I and I and now that I think about it, I don't know if I really want this want this on the record, but I'm 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 going to back off and basically say that um, there are a number of different uh, entities in the public that are specifically there, believe it or not, to um, actually promote uh, our maturation. Now we'll never get you. You you'll never have it explained to you in most cases because our people are just 
I mean, we, we, we just, we just so sad, man. But the thing is, is that, you know, we always look at, we always have these situations portrayed in a negative light. But if you really step back and look at it, it's like, man, I had a grievance with you and I sincerely tried to resolve that grievance in private and you did not give me any regard. But the first time I tried to make a public controversy out of it, now I'm wrong for doing that. That's insane. So you da- you damaged me, and I came to you sincerely in private trying to seek remedy. And I mean, you, you paid me no attention. I mean, it was it was la- it was a, a severe lack of respect. Um, you dealt with me dishonorably. You dishonored me, and now I want restoration. And you have the audacity to want to vilify me for that. I, I, it's just crazy, bro. But I, I'm just saying I like to say, you know, I, I completely 100% um, agree with what you said earlier. And like I said, you know, as, as, a, as a people, man, we just got to, we just, we just really got to stop looking at what's going on with every other people on this planet. Because regardless, you know, they, they to, to a, a, a great degree, they not saying that they're perfect, but, you know, in, in a race, I mean, they're like three or four length, lengths ahead. And, and I think that's being conservative. We got, we just got to start focusing on ourselves, our own behaviors. And, you know, we got to, we got to just do basic stuff, man. Like, you know, I don't know, in, engaging in, in commerce with, with one another. Um, I was at, uh, I was, uh, I needed two tires on my car, and um, I had been trying to to deal with uh, my cousin, right, because he was wholesaling tires. So I said, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm going to give this thing a shot um, and see if I can get a set um, set of tires uh, from him as opposed to going to the Cockazord. So, you know, it took. I don't know, four or five days and get in contact with him. And then once I got in contact with him, he didn't get right back with me. And then once he did get back with me, his price was just ridiculous. And when I finally made up in my mind, I was like, okay, I can't do this because it, it just doesn't make sense. When I came to that realization, I, it, it was just like this, this awareness just came over me. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this is like, this is something that's just fundamentally wrong with us, man, because we, we, we either can't buy from one another or we won't buy from one another. And case in point, I was out um, a couple weeks ago and um, I was in a shop and some Orientals or Asians, they came through the shop and they were selling. And the thing was, um, you know, they they were they were selling scavengers, right? So I mean, I wasn't I don't partake in that anyway. But the point I'm trying to make is is that when they came in the shop, they was dealing with their own people, and they were dealing with them in a deeply discounted way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, it was basically giving their stuff away, you know, and it just sort of dawned on me because, you know, if, if that had been our people, in most cases, that, that would have never happened. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you know, I, we just, I don't know. It, it's just, um, we just gotta, we, we, we gotta, we gotta improve our, our behaviors in dealing with one another and particularly in matters of commerce. Um, and we just got to learn how to be fair, man. <laughs> I mean, we got to learn mm-hmm. how to be fair. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to yield on that. Shalom. Man, you know what that brought to my mind? Um, part of my uh, charge from my teachers and from the most high is you got to transfer certain things over and share certain things to people that you can um, trust in, but you also got to show examples, be the examples that you want to see multiplied in, in others. So you frequently from day one, when I have met any of our people, I address them as sir and ma'am, brother and sister. If they're my brother, I will address them as sir. And now let's look at the alternative here. I'm telling you what I have noticed. There are people in this nation that have not been able to return that to me. They haven't been able to say, yes, sir. They haven't been able to say, yes, brother. Straight up haven't been able to. Now, part of that is because of the arrogance and the motive behind why they're present. You can always have people that don't have the right intentions amongst you. But imagine somebody that thinks like that. That means they can't do unto their brothers as they would have them do unto them. Vice versa. They can't they can't actually operate with a body of people. Now, could you count on that individual that is in that mentality to operate in a protocol such such as a military and defend your nation? Hell no. They wouldn't even be worthy to be in the military. Because their mind is not right. Women. How many of us can imagine our women saying to us, yes, my Lord? What about yes, master? How many of us can imagine ourselves calling a teacher master? Yes, master. Now, look at this. Look at this. 
you and I both know that we were calling Caucasians master. And I'm telling you, when you look at it retroactively, the comprehension of what that was and is is not amongst our people. What were they? Why, why was this happening? This is so deep. The realization it is this so deep. It is funny. What is the purpose of bond servitude? You got to answer that. Who put you in bond servitude? Why? How is it carried out? So what is this slave master or said slave master? Is What are they actually operating as? They're operating as a teacher. Now, we didn't have a problem calling the Caucasoid master. But when we think about whether our people could do this to us, to, to somebody that's in a teacher's position today, you you know that it'd be like, hell no, I'm not calling you master. That means you don't understand the word, the capacity of the word, why it's used, and so on and so forth. Could you trust that individual to operate in military? Could you trust them to carry the truth? Think about that. Because the reason why you must respect authorities, you don't turn the word master into something as an object of worship or deity. I'm not suggesting we should use it. I'm just saying I know that we couldn't. <laughs> what do you think about that, Brother Matthew? Uh, well, I'd have to say that that would be the mindset of the people and their willingness to grow in understanding of, I'd have to say, vocabulary and humble themselves to know the difference between uh, humility and their arrogance. Because that's the only way I can see that you can grow is if you humble yourself and if you have the willingness to humble yourself to even have that type of education because you find that in females also uh, these days, especially, you know, if you try to tell them something and uh, they're so arrogant and been caught up in, in the world so much that, you know, they'll talk over you even though you're talking proper logic and sense to them that even a child could understand, but they won't even humble themselves to even hear what you're even saying. They just want to be able to hear themselves and to appear right in their own hearts and minds. So in that situation, to uh, <clears throat> to uplift that understanding in people is going to be kind of difficult. It's going to have to be a, a, a major event that everybody would have to humble themselves to be retaught how to what I want to say, they'll have to be taught how to be humble and basically empty their cup. Basically, their cup's going to have to be stolen from them, and they're going to have to use their hand. So, you know, it's, it's, 
And just like these other camps talking about, they lifting up the 144,000. And what they're doing is basically trying to raise 144,000 of idolaters. So they haven't even humbled themselves to even uh, understand what they're even reading or, or what they've been taught or what their teachers have been trying to teach them or what their teachers have been taught. So basically, it's just a big line of idolaters trying to raise 144,000 of more idolaters and basically creating more gods. <laughs> and so that's what we're basically going through. Everybody wants to be a god, but nobody wants to humble themselves to even know the difference between the slave master and the, and the teacher and the god and, and the servant. So it's, it's, it's people's perception and the haughtiness, and even their own wickedness. And I yield. Yes, sir. Brother Kendrick, what's on your mind? Salam, I have a Kendrick on top of two. I have come to love these fireside chats. <laughs> They're so heartwarming to see a bunch of men come together, be respectful of each other, to discuss our nation, our people, our problems, to come up with the solutions that you give are so simple. And yet they have been so overlooked, like standing in front of the forest and not even be able to see a tree. And it's like, you know, you have to sometimes, how do you ask the right question? What is the right question to ask? But some of these things are so amazing. I don't know if I'm honored, privileged, or, or, or what, to be here, to be among these brothers, to be able to see, hear, and comprehend what am I experiencing with you, with my brothers here, to be able to show, to be seen and show how a man should stand up as a man, carry himself, conduct his business and commerce in in relation to his people in his immediate environment and his nation and other nations of the world. This is the greatest experience in my life. <laughs> and I'm just thoroughly uh, excited about it. Now, I'm, I, I, I am behind the ball a little bit because one of the difficulties in my life is taking such of this information and actually applying it. And I'm a stickler for application because if I find something and I understand, I want to put it into to actual application and make it work for me. But right now, I'm filled with so much information that I don't have nobody to work with. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and I'm doing very hard not to slap the individuals that I'm working with. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm I'm praying every day that you know I know eventually somewhere along the line it'll work itself out because I can't let this go. I mean, there's no way to go backwards. Once you come this far, it's like you know, you, there's no way to turn around and go back. You know, I might as well just shoot myself in the foot and, you know, and do this. It, it, it's just something that just can't happen. I mean, you know, just throw me off the bridge and call it a day. But um, this is one of the, like I said, this is one of the greatest experiences in my life. With the brothers here on this line, in this class, each one of you men are amazing. And I, 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 I will honor the day and we all stand together, men, look each other in the eye and praise the Lord Most High Almighty. That, that's the day that I look forward to. I hope to see it before I die. I know we will. We all will. But like I said, my hardest part in all of this is, is the practical application. You know, have, you've given us the structure of how you're supposed to set it up, how you're supposed to operate. You showed us the different aspects of uh, the umbrella, the public, um, now the living trust, and the New Mexico LLC. I was always wondering why I had that folder on my on my computer. <laughs> it was sitting there for years. And I was just like, okay, I'll get around to it. Well, now I got to get around to it. It's a very informative uh, setup. But like I said, there's nobody for me to work with. And I'm really, that's really irritating me to a certain point. But I, I would really like to see see it happen, that I can have someone to work with, someone I can institute a trust with and actually move it and go forward with this information and, and make it, uh, put it into practical application. But that's that's what I'm what I'm working on very hard to make happen. <laughs> and, but like I said, uh, I feel and think it is an honor above all else to be able to stand here with these brothers, talk this talk, comprehend what we come to comprehend, and see our people in our nation and ourselves in the true light of our, of our history and scripture. And I will do everything within my power, all the energy I have in my life, to, to continue to make see that this nation continues to grow and thrive for those who have the ability to see and hear this word from the Most High Almighty. Are you? All praises to the Most High. Man, that is powerful. Oh, I see Brother Hakeem is on the line now. What's your thoughts, Brother? Well, I know I reckon Brother Hakeem. Top of Judah. 
I guess I can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay, I guess I can like touch back on last semester where you started off and you were dialoguing with Brother Lynn and you had asked him a couple questions and me listening to what he said and trying to tie it into what I've heard tonight. I'm seeing this this process as I guess uh, truly learning how to learn. And a couple of years ago, I had I think it was around this time, but a couple of years ago, going into the winter months. Brother Priest was explaining some things. As a matter of fact, it was right around the time when the sequester was happening and we went into our emergency mode. But Brother Priest was explaining some stuff and I had brought up what I had remembered seeing and then I tied into some other things that he was saying, but it had a lot to do with learning. And I know that we've touched on tonight, like the information and how Brother Priest was saying, how people get information and they get puffed up. There's a proper way to do things and I'm seeing that like he's taking us step by step. And like I, where I started off, I was remembering how Brother Priest had asked Brother Lynn what if he had stopped that second degree halfway through. So I'm thinking, even though that we're in third degree, if we stick with where we're, the path that we're on, our perception is going to expand even more. And I was trying to look up, because I know I had heard or read somewhere, like the, the steps of learning, and they say you start off with information, you go into knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and it, it keeps triggering in my mind where Brother Pisa asked Brother Lynn if he had stopped at second degree halfway through. So I'm seeing that from my perspective that I think that the information that we've been introduced to, we're working with it and it's turning into knowledge. And at this step, that's why I see us at, even though we're in the third degree, 302, but I see that if we work with the knowledge that we attain in a good way, it's going to turn into wisdom. So 
when we get to that level together, even though even though it's going to be difficult to transition from where we are right now to where we need to go. It's a must that we don't give up, and I yield. Praise the Lord. That's right, brother. We must not give up. We must not give up. You know what? I I want to tell you all this one more thing. You know, we have been learning real estate, and, of course, we want to get money in, you know, stuff like that. And I I had to say to myself, you know, this is over the break. It's not, I'm not here to chase money, Federal Reserve notes, riches, or any of that. That ain't the purpose of my life. That's not the purpose of this nation. It's seek ye first the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, and the rest will be added unto you. The riches and the wealth come from our ability to really surrender ourselves to the most high. So I just said, you know what, Lord? I'm not, we're not doing real estate just, just so we can make a hot ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in our pockets. And I'm letting it go because I know that I've laid the foundation. I, mean, I don't mean I'm stopping. I mean, I'm letting it, I'm putting it in your hands. Let go and let God, as they say. And I know that I've done just about all I can do to bring us to a particular point to where we have a foundation and we got to work out some kinks, but we got a solid foundation, radio, television, um, real estate. We have the tools that we need. And I know going into this next year, my spirit is saying to me so strongly, all, all this year has been the same, but I really know that um, this transition that we have to make for next year, really rely on the university to do its job. And I know it's time for me to get out here and preach again, in the public, not just on the radio. I know it's time, and, and Aglin is one that confirmed it for me because he was feeling the same thing. <laughs> Some months ago, we talked about it, but I know that it's time. And I just let go, really let go, because I'm at a comfortable place. Like, Two years ago, two and a half to three years ago, I definitely wasn't comfortable yet. I didn't have the trust in some of the people that were around. And those people that I didn't trust are no longer with us. <laughs> so I guess it was for a reason. But, you know, I feel at peace because I know that I give everything that I am 
to us and, and, and our people every day that I live and breathe and walk and, and think and do. All I'm doing is working for our people. I barely even had time to do any work for myself. And um, I know that this transition is where we need to be. So I want to hopefully say this for encouragement. When this word goes out that we're preaching, when we start to go place to place, city to city, that's when you're going to see the transformation really take place. Because we need more people in different areas, but we were called first to raise the nobles that were going to raise government, that can comprehend government, that can institute government and discipline. And we've done that. Now we're going out to spread this message, and then we're going to have more, particularly sisters. We're going to have better quality women that are, come, that are going to come our way because our time has come. I, I haven't felt this way since the nation began. I'm telling you there is something that has changed in me for the better. I, I feel a lot more growth and strength. Probably because I took, I actually took a break. <laughs> I actually rested during the break, but a different reality is on this way. So I don't want to belabor the point. And um, we'll be back again next week, and I will send out the information via WhatsApp on how we can log into the line, um, the regular line. And um, thank you all for being here. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.